welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I am joined by Tosh Britton, founder of The Divorce Goddess. Hello, welcome to The Divorce Club. Thank you so much. Happy to be in The Divorce Club. Yeah, so I always ask people, first and foremost, when I say to you, you are divorced, how does it make you feel? I feel okay about it. I feel actually, I've got a bit of a thing about divorce, so flipping everything around it as well. And so often people feel like they're defined and it's a stigma. And and actually, I'm just so determined. I'm quite passionate about changing the face of divorce so people, you know, can just just look at it in a different way. And be open to exploring different avenues around, yeah, perception. And it doesn't always have to be bad. So really, yeah. So for me, I kind of made, I was quite determined and I really set that intention that it wasn't going to be a bad experience for me. And I didn't want to define the rest of my life by my divorce. So I kind of thought, right, use my stubbornness and, uh, and went for it. It's quite funny that you say you didn't want your divorce to define the rest of your life. I think a lot of us feel like that. But then you created a business and you are now called the divorce (laughs) goddess. So it kind of does define the rest of your life in a good way. I guess it was my choice as how it defined me. So rather than sort of sticking my head, you know, in the sand and going, oh, you know, this divorce has happened. And I've just gone, right, I'm going to use it to full advantage and do something good. So out of it, you know, if I can help others and I don't know, it just... Yeah, I know. As I was saying, I was thinking you were going to pick up on that and you did. And I'm glad you did as well, because actually it's, you know, I quite like being called out as well. I think you've defined uh, yourself as divorced, but in a positive way. So you've taken something that more sort of happened to you and then you've made it more about you're going to do positive action with it, which I think is a nice kind of way to flip Mm. it. So how long ago did you get divorced? So how long ago? We split up in 2012 and we both had a conversation about it. So we were actually away on a road trip for a month in France. And on like day two, we had the conversation in this port cabin in this French campsite. And we just, it was like, well, who's going to say it? And who's going to, you know, so I went, oh, I'll say it. Do you want a divorce? And And then we just sort of carried on pretty much 
obviously as if it wasn't really happening um, and continued on and thought, right, we're going to see this month um, holiday or whatever it was out. And we did a sort of camping trip. We did a bit of driving. We ended up in Paris and um, and our car collapsed on the autobahn. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And we were literally going, what else can go wrong on this trip? But instead of sort of coming home and going, right, that's it, we thought, okay, maybe this is like a foundation, an opportunity to build some foundations for the future and how we want to go forward. Um, but it was, oh, it <laughs> was some really tough times. But the toughest time was that because the walls were so thin, the children heard us talking about it. And that's how our children fell out, uh, found out. And uh, I remember this little five-year-old son of mine, beautiful boy, poked his head around. I think he was asked by his sister going to ask. And um, he sort of knocked on the door and said, are you getting a divorce? And both of us had been divorced before. And obviously we knew what it was like to be told and I remember being told and it wasn't particularly a great way. Um, and I just I think we just kind of instinctively knew that we had to really pull this, you know, out um, and, and make this good. And we both because it was an opportunity for us to go, actually, no, we're not going to do it. But I think we both looked at each other and thought, come on, we've got to do this and we've got to do this right for our children. And we just sort of took them into the sort of small living area and we just started talking about it and god even talking about it now it's like a real um and we just sort of held them I just I don't know about my ex-husband but for me I just thought how would I have wanted to be told had I heard this how would I then have wanted my parents to be with me and we just held them on the sofa and we just told them that we loved them, that we didn't love each other anymore. Or we weren't in love with each other, but we loved them because, you know, each other because they're our children. And, and we just went from there and we just probably sat on that small, very uncomfortable sofa um, or, you know, bit of foam on a bit of board uh, for about two hours, just talking and holding them and telling them we love them. And, and then it all kind of next morning it was a bit like after a storm you kind of go oh it feels a bit weird around here and it's all quiet what's going to happen next so in a nutshell <laughs> so that was day two of your month yeah <laughs> road trip so I think it's amazing that you carried on on this road trip so were you still you know sharing a bed and no doing all of those family things you made provisions for the fact that you'd have that conversation yeah, well, I think we sort of took it into we kind of used the the double bed that was the pullout in the living room after that, and I think we just I remember the children going, sort of saying, "Oh, will you kiss each other or hug each other?" And I think obviously in their their beautiful, lovely heads, they wanted it not to be like that. But I think we just kind of got really cool at. Um, just sorting stuff out together and just, and we even told our next door neighbours, we went, oh, we just, we've just agreed to get a divorce. <laughs> and I think they just thought, oh my God. And they were like, what's going on? We were like, oh, well, well, we'll just, we're just working through it day by day. Um, but actually, in fact, that was probably just the best way. But I think it was breaking down the autobahn and having to, uh, we just I mean literally stuff went wrong and we just we ended up laughing that's that amazing quote you're just sort of looking at the sky and laughing and laughing and I think we did that several times because we just thought this could not get any worse and actually arguing and getting really cross with each other probably wouldn't have been helpful in any way so I, I find this so interesting because I know when I, I split up with my ex-husband amicably, like we both sat down and had the conversation. and But then he sort of moved out straight away. And I found that obviously really hard, but really good. Like I needed space from him, but obviously you had no space for another month. So I'm interested to hear like how you got around that in your head like was it harder or easier or did you want a break I, well we kind of sort of took it in terms of having children for the afternoon and I would disappear to the beach or they would go cycling or something so we kind of made space for each other but I think we were so I think we were kind of in shock as well so we really didn't know what to do 
Um, and we just, I think we had such a nice trip planned that, that almost we thought, you know, if we were to go back now, what a waste. Um, and we wanted to sort of minimise, I guess, you know, the fallout of what was going on. Uh, and, it, and I don't think we had headphones or anything like that. So we were driving around France just thinking, oh, my goodness, mate, you know, we still got to talk to each other. We played lots of music and we sang and we, we did sort of stuff for the children. But I think what we did was we kept the children the main focus. So we just knew if we could get through this month, this potentially could have gone, you know, one way or another. And I guess out of that, yeah, it, it was the foundations. And so what happened when you came home from this Paris trip? Well, it all went completely wrong. <laughs> it all went. We just got settled in and we're right. Here we go. Um, and well, part of the part of one of the reasons why we decided to get divorced is our lack of time with each other. Because uh, my ex-husband used to uh, work overseas as well, so I think he just left early and disappeared, and and we um, just started getting on with it and sort of putting our life moving packing up and just sorting everything out so um he used to come back and stay in the house when he was back in the UK and we had to rent somewhere because our our house was rented out because we couldn't sell it um so we just kind of yeah made it work just found you know had to go for lots of walks up really steep big hills and like swear at the top and you know I find myself in the rain and the snow and I'm sure he did running and things like that just going out and just going oh my god get me out of this nightmare what is going on um but all the time I think we just held that thing that the children we had to get out of this and and along the way we pretty much went bankrupt as well which wasn't a fault of the divorce so that happened as well Wow. I think we were just like, we've just got to be nice. We've just got to try and make this work because it just cannot get any worse than what. I mean, things always come in threes. It's like buses, the disaster buses come together. So because I remember my my dad died. I got diagnosed with hearing loss and then I got a divorce. It's like, it's always everything piles on at once. And you're like, really universe? Yeah. All at once. Um, so how was it kind of, so you've come home from this interesting road trip in France (laughs) and then your, um, husband that you've just broken up with goes off to work abroad and you have to pack up the family home yeah and keep it together for the kids how was that time for you well one of the things we did do is actually we we went and packed in between tenants in our house we went and sort of got all our stuff out of the attic and I remember both of us walking into the house and the full realization that because we lived overseas so we came back and you know our house was yeah, rented out. So we literally had to go through the attic and our worldly chattels and our life that we've built together. And I remember pulling out all these children, their pieces of artwork and pictures. And we were, you know, we were just, I just remember just crying, just going, what, you know, who's going to have that picture and who loves that picture? And we sort of decided just to give them all to the children that we wouldn't lay claim to them and that the children would just have their own their own things and we had but that is that's a real shock I don't know how anybody else and your readers uh, your sorry your listeners are with this but going through the attic was really 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 painful and I think it really makes you um we found it quite therapeutic and cathartic because I think it reminded us that there were good parts about our marriage as well because so often when you get to the divorce period, you're just like, oh, you know, I just hate them and uh, everything was like, but actually going through everything is, yeah, it's a very useful and very healing exercise, I think, um, although very, very painful. Um, yeah, and you kind of, yeah, there are moments where we're like, no, no, we've got to get back on track. It doesn't work. I think for me, um, I don't have an attic. I still have a cupboard full of my ex's things that he needs to 
pick up from the house <laughs> I'm just like I need the storage take these away um but I think for me my attic is sometimes like my Facebook library of photos you know when you just go through old photos and it's kind of you do it at a time where you're sort of punishing yourself because you want to cry because you're in that sort of mood yeah. but actually it can be really cathartic I think and really nice to remember the good things and I think in things like photos or little memory you know like I have um uh, a bracelet which is a gift he gave me but it has a a certain meaning of you know something we did Mm. together and I think remembering those good times can be really nice once you've gone through the well for me it was once I'd gone through the anger and that stage I think I think you're right and I think you've got to go through the, you know there are all those different layers of emotion that happens after you know marriages break down and you I think you know somebody said to me oh you know I wanted to throw my wedding dress away and a lot of people of course they want to and I understand that and there's no judgment on how anybody manages their divorce and what goes on and I remember getting one out in the attic and uh, my daughter, who was, I think she was about 16 at the time, and she went, oh, mum, I'd love to try your wedding dress on. And uh, and she did. And I took a photo and she looked so beautiful and it fitted her perfectly. And there was this real, I don't know, it was, a re- it was really unexpected to feel as we felt about it and sort of celebrating this dress um, that was, you know, you know, our day was or defined you know one of the parts that defined our day was this yeah this dress a this dress I never ever thought I'd wear in the whole of my life but anyway I did end up walking down the the aisle in it (laughs) and I was like what am I going to do with that but I think I don't know it's like people that sell jewelry as well and they get rid of everything it's like remold it and hold those parts um I got a ring that um he bought me when the children were younger and we kind of we keep we call it the family ring because it's got like little stone of each of us and then he's kind of this band that you know had it made and I think I think it's really important that you just don't clear all that away and remember that there were good things about your relationship and especially if you have children I think children as a child I needed to know that there are parts in my parents marriage that was that were really good and that there was love there as well yeah I think it's it's interesting because I've had some people in the podcast most memorably Sarah Millican who was like get rid of the ring and the dress (laughs) and I was like I don't know if I'm ready um and I've actually sold my wedding band because to me that I guess I didn't wear mine for that long. So to me, it didn't have much meaning, but I've still got my engagement ring and I've still got my wedding dress and I'm still sort of deciding what to do with them. But I think it's interesting what you said about the children and, you know, as my parents were separated, they never actually got divorced because my dad passed away. But um, I have very fond memories of obviously us as a family and I now wear my mum's engagement ring to my dad and I have my dad's wedding band as well and I've never thought about it before weirdly talking about this podcast when I've talked so much about what to do with your engagement ring but actually I love having you know those rings from both of my parents Mm. And that bond, because I came from that bond. So, yeah, for me, that's a lovely thing to keep hold of. And Mm. obviously, I don't have any children. I don't think my cat, Victoria, would be interested in the engagement (laughs) ring. She wanted, like, an encrusted collar or something. (laughs) Yeah. A a, a very special tag. (laughs) Which No, she can't wear collars. She gets them. I put a collar on her, and she gets it stuck in her mouth. So she somehow (laughs) manages to get her chin under the collar. I came home one day and she just had the collar in the middle of her mouth and her mouth was wide open and she was just walking around like she it obviously happened she couldn't get herself out of it and then it just got used to it um so no I couldn't give her yeah I couldn't give her diamond encrusted she'd swallow them or something and also so many people I talk to um who have children from their marriage Mm. seem to really focus in a lot of their attention on the children and and kind of 
getting them through it, which is obviously so important. But I want to ask how you got through it. If if we put the kind of children to one side, you know, what helped you as an individual at that time? Uh, I think um, I was just so bloody minded and stubborn that I just thought, right, I'm just going to do it a totally different way. Um, I'm just going to do it really differently. And I remembered uh, having this conversation with these friends of mine and they were going, yeah, you've got to go after him. Anything that's left, go after him, get this, get that. And don't forget this. And I remember standing in their kitchen, literally just being like paralyzed with fear and just feeling really sick and just feeling like I, I, I just, my body just went into sort of like, uh, like mode. And I, I decided that I just didn't want to do the fighting thing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we didn't have a huge amount to fight over anyway, but, you know, and I just thought, just do it differently. Just, just focus on being kind. Just do that whole compassionate, kind thing. Every time you want to kind of blame or you just got to go, right, just don't do it. Let's just, just do it. Be a, use your divorce as an experiment, I think was kind of how I, I looked at it and the experiment of kindness. Can this actually happen? And if nothing else, I walk away and say, well, actually, at least I gave it a go. And um, I was, you know, I tried the kindness aspect and and it was amazing because when you kind of throw kindness at people, and I'm not going to say for all cases, the main people are a bit 
they're like, oh, okay. And people are kind of done with arguing and fighting at the end of a marriage. And then to suddenly go, do you know what? We're going to pay lots and lots of money to really ramp it up and fight, even though we're not going to be together anymore. And you just kind of go, why would you want to do that? And if there's a, I think, and a lot of it comes from the principle of it as well. And it's like, they did that to me and they did this to me. And it's been done. So to stay in that place and make it worse and get angrier and angrier. And I don't know about you, Samantha, but, you know, you meet people who have been, who've been through really kind of quite high conflict divorces and you can just feel the anger they're still sort of internalizing. And I just know from personal experience, knowing some people like that, that I did not want to feel like that. I didn't want to be that person that goes, oh yeah, my divorce. And I just kind of go, oh. Yeah, I think it's, really hard with the financial stuff because yeah. you know no matter how nicely the divorce ends when money gets involved there's always just some extra mm. bit of you that is sort of ignited during that financials process and and I've definitely felt that like half of me wanted to be like I want it all you know <laughs> I, I'm gonna fight for it you know and just like and, and I think you know you do hear from those people like make sure you do this and make sure mm. you get this and then the other half of me was just like oh my god I just want it to be over now so I don't even care what happens and I, I felt like those two sides were, were kind of warring with each other inside Conflict. of me yeah and some days I'd get an email from my solicitor and I'd be like yeah that's fine and then the next day I'd be like no I will not agree <laughs> to this and she's like you agreed to it yesterday um I mean poor solicitors they do a great job and they do lawyers. and this is not you know this is not to bash lawyers at all because I think you know I think a lot of people walk in and they've they've been to see their pub lawyer mates or whatever and everybody's had a really good conflab of what worked for them what didn't and I think a lot of people then walk into the space going right I'm going to go for it but um yeah I just I think with money we um a we didn't have a huge amount but I remember the one thing I do remember and I'm gonna kind of say it because I was pretty much a stay-at-home mom. I was the director of our company as well, but because he traveled quite a lot, I kind of brought the children up on my own. And I remember him saying to me, and, um, oh, you know, oh, you were never part of the company. You never did anything. And I just said, but your name is, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do all of that and have a family if I wasn't doing what I was doing and keeping everything going at home. I remember really feeling that really hitting hard. And he said, it's not about you. It's about me. And I just, I made that very silent, you know, when parents say to their children, they whisper in their ears and they go, in a really quiet voice and they go, if you don't do this, you don't start behaving yourself. And they go, oh my God, mummy's low voice. Um, <laughs> and I remember sort of doing that low voice with myself, like you are going to do something so extraordinary in your life that you are going to prove to yourself firstly and then your ex-husband if you care or not by then that that actually you were not just somebody who did nothing in your marriage and I think that's a really big thing for women I think you know and this is why I kind of do the work I do because I just feel like so many women are disempowered having done amazing work bringing up children and and actually, you know, I, I just feel like there is sometimes the uh, it's not recognized enough. And I'm, I'm all for like getting women back up and working and believing in themselves as well, because that's really the journey that I went on. Um, yeah. So I just made that real silent agreement with myself. <laughs> I think I think that's so interesting. I think it must be. I guess because I, you know, have a career that is very different to my exes, you know, we both have like our own sort of money from our jobs. So in that respect, some things are more straightforward. I think it must be really hard if you've been bringing up children and you haven't been working because you've been looking after your children and, you know, made that choice 
to then have to fight to have some earnings to reflect that period, I think must be really hard. But I think equally, you know, women especially who come out of marriages without children and were maybe, you know, weren't the main breadwinner at home. I think that is also still really difficult because it's like, you don't have anything to show for that mm-hmm. time, but you're like, but I was still there and I was still running the household and supporting my husband. And, you know, um, yeah, it's a real interesting one. I think because I've spoken to people on this podcast who who have children and who haven't had children in their marriages, um, whether that was their choice or not. And I think what comes out really strongly is that the mother's, and fathers actually put so much attention on the children in the breakup and that's sort of what gets them through. Whereas I don't have children and I know some of the people I've spoken to, you sort of have to put all that attention back on to yourself. And I think it's a really good thing to do. And it's also very hard and you have to work through all your things. And, and in some ways I sort of, you know, for you, it sounds like you put all of your attention into your children. And I feel like saying to you, but what about you? You know, did you save some of that time for you? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a really fair question as well. I think I'm a big believer um, in uh, the universe and just trusting if you turn up every day and you do your work and you you're a good person and you look after your children and you learn along the way, like studying and and training, and but you you do the stuff that's right for you, and you work and whatever else you've got to do to get yourself through it. Is that actually believing that the right stuff will happen at the right time and being open to that? Um, so I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and really. Um, and trusting you're going to be okay. And I think that's a lot of fear around divorce is that people just think that where they are now and the whole money situation is going to be where they're going to be for the rest of their life. And it's actually like, you have such an opportunity beyond your divorce to do something amazing, to retrain, to do whatever you, you know, it's all out there. Um, And so whilst I've been bringing up my children, I've also been, um, training as well and uh really sort of building and and writing and blogging and all the rest of it and podcasting and everything else so yes because now you are the divorce goddess I know Um, for for anyone who doesn't know what does that mean (laughs) it always makes me laugh people go the divorce goddess and I literally I'm (laughs) no right so I'm not the divorce goddess but I just think being a divorce goddess is about being your best self and honoring yourself. So it's not me going, yeah, yeah, look at me it, at all. Um, and this American lady said, but to you're me, allowed to do that. You're I allowed know. to go, yeah, look at me. I'm a goddess. I have a necklace that says goddess that oh, I wear. I love that. So somebody said to me, but Tash, Tash, you got it. I own it. You're like the divorce goddess. And I was like, okay. But I feel like there, there are many, many people out there who um, are also. Um, a sort of divorce goddess so that is what it was but I remember sitting at my kitchen table and we couldn't sell our house and my ex phoned me up and he said listen well sent me a text going I can't pay the rent this month and he was abroad and I remember just sort of sitting there going oh my god oh my god what am I going to do what am I going to do and I just started writing because I just you know it was like looking at a bottle of wine which I actually kind of stopped drinking as well and um I was really proud of myself uh, for not doing that. And I just started writing and I just thought, I'm just going to, then somebody helped me set up a blog and, and I just started writing. That was really cathartic for me. And so is that where it all came from, from yeah. the blog? Yeah. And now you have the podcast as well. Yeah. I have my, I have the Divorce Goddess podcast, which is, yeah, I love my podcast and a bit like you, it's just, I love it. I get to speak to some really amazing people around the world and like the stories and it's lovely. I always wanted to go to drama school and I never went to drama school. So I feel like I've got my little bit of, I've got my bit here now on my podcast. (laughs) Well, I did go to drama school, but it didn't teach me anything useful for the podcast. So (laughs) you didn't need to go, don't worry. (laughs) 
Um, so how has being the divorce goddess and kind of sharing your experiences and also speaking to others about their experience, how has that kind of affected your divorce journey? Um, it's really weird because somebody said to me the other day, they said, oh God, don't you get depressed or hanging out in a divorce, you know, in the divorce world? And because, you know, we split up in 2012, it took us seven years. Get, get this right. It took us seven years to sell the house and get a divorce. And they both came through in the same week. I mean, you couldn't make that up. Wow. I know. Because, yeah, there's all the house stuff and paperwork and all of that. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to happen really quickly. And it just takes forever. It does. It does. Totally. It does. But yeah, so, and and I'm okay with it because I just, I don't know. I've just, somebody said you're a bit like Joan of Arc. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do Joan of Arc. I just don't want to be burnt at the end of it. And that's all that would just be, but I've got a bit of a mission on to really um, build something amazing and, and just help people uh, or just remind people, or help people know that they have a choice um, every time you know, they choose to react or speak or think or or whatever it is with their ex. And ultimately, if it helps people to not feel bad about themselves, you know, it's like beating yourself up for the decisions you made and things you said. And, you know, life's too short to be feeling guilty and sort of being unkind to ourselves. So that's really where I kind of focus on. And so are you a trained count mindfulness teacher mindfulness teacher that's what it is because I was gonna say we definitely because you know we do a similar thing in that we talk to people about divorce and we are both divorced but we definitely have a a different vibe in that I don't know anything and I'm not trying to tell anyone how to do it because I haven't done it right um so I'm just coming at it from the you know, I had two takeaways this weekend. How are you? <laughs> Perspective. But what I love about following you on Instagram as well is you share so many sort of thoughts that make you sit and think and oh, thank you. feel calm about divorce, which is not, I, I feel like I'm the like high frequency craziness of divorce <laughs> and you're the like, Oh, Zen of divorce, which is really nice. <laughs> it's lovely. And when we've spoken before, I really kind of got that as well. So um, I, for me, uh, one day, all I know is that I hit a wall um, in the early weeks of um, or the early months. Uh, I just remember dropping my children off at school and coming back. And I started making a cup of tea and I didn't finish making a cup of tea because I just started crying. And I just went and sat in my downstairs um, bathroom for about six hours and I just cried and I cried and I cried and I didn't think I could get out of there and I'd suffered from anxiety before and I used to be on antidepressants and then I came off them weirdly around about a year before we agreed to get a divorce and I just thought I just don't want to, I personally don't want to be on these anymore and um and I just remember thinking oh my goodness me I don't want to be back in tablets what can I do and I just started I kind of remember that I used to meditate years ago to sort of manage anxiety and whatever else and stress and um and being a hundred miles an hour person in my previous life and I just kind of meditated for about half an hour and I felt amazing afterwards plus obviously all the crying helped and I then um and I thought oh my goodness me I'm gonna start doing this more and then I went, a friend of mine said, oh, there's a mindfulness morning going on. Do you want to go? And I just totally, and I did an online course and I realized that actually I could get through the day and be a mum for my children rather than just being this complete, like crazed, stressed, anxious person that was just, just literally breaking down inside. And I just thought, oh, that's you know, and I guess the whole sort of divorce goddess thing has morphed into something about really about self-care and kindness as well and looking after your emotional and mental well-being. Um, and and then people were just like, oh my God, you're so cool with all this stuff going on. And I just thought I'm so grateful for what I know um, and how it can help me. And yeah, and then I just sort of trained to be a teacher 
and I it is literally like it is like one of my best friends it's it's just amazing um and it saved saved me really saved me so that's amazing and if anyone's listening now and they're maybe in that moment for six hours where you cried in the bathroom they feel like Mm -hmm. they can't get out or they've just been in it is there any really quick mindfulness techniques that they could do just to calm you when you're in that extreme of emotion I think something that I I know has helped me was just belly breathing. So it's breathing down into your belly. And just even if you just want to put your hands, just feel like you, you know, you're just putting your hands on yourself. And especially these days, because there's very little contact around with people and hugging and things like that. Um, so just putting your hands on your belly and just following the breath with your mind. So when you breathe in up your nose and down the back of your throat, down through your chest and down to your belly and just allow your belly to expand and contract as you breathe in and breathe out. And that triggers your body's natural relaxation response. Um, Just or or else, if you can just go and get into bed, you know, go and go somewhere that feels really safe for you with a warm cup of tea or hot water bottle and just give yourself permission as well to feel like this, that this, you know, you're not a bad person, that you're not a failure, that, you know, you don't have to feel shame, you don't have to feel judged, and that actually you're just a human being going through like the second most difficult um, life experience we can. Um, And just to be gentle with yourself. Um, Also, another good one is just to write, just write how you feel. I think keeping a journal, I don't know if you've had one as well, but for me, keeping a journal was really good because then I could look back and I could see the triggers and the things you know the days you know I'm a big moon person so I know on a full moon I'm going to get a bit angsty or stressed <laughs> on a new moon or as well yeah, same. And, I, I would, and I would just kind of go through the whole thing um but yeah just just notice your thoughts and you know phone you know get in touch with you know, a counsellor, a therapist, you know, a divorce coach. I mean, whoever is, whoever speaks to you, I think is, um, or phone a friend, have a friend that you can phone who knows that if you get into this state that they can just, you know, give you some words of wisdom or come and give you a hug if you're in the bubble, obviously. Yeah, I think breathing is so important. I actually do something on my Instagram stories called Breathe with Bains, where we just do five deep breaths together. Um, And I try and, well, I said I was going to do it daily. I don't. I try and do it weekly. Um, But, yeah, I think for me breathing is so important. Yoga is really helpful for me when I'm really stressed. And that I'm saying that now to remind myself to do yoga at the moment. Um, But I think it's, it's also really interesting what you said about going to your bed and somewhere you feel safe. Cause I, I thought the fact that you said that you went to um, have that really difficult time in your toilet and you cried in there. Mm. I mean, obviously other than the fact it was difficult, I was like the toilet, that's an interesting choice. I would never go to the toilet. I think when I'm crying and fe- and in that, like, I just want to feel sorry for myself and be the most dramatic crier in the world. I lie face down on the kitchen floor. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> why do, so why, why, I'm interested in why you picked yeah. the toilet. Is it because you can shut yourself away? I think I, sh- I needed to be somewhere really, really small. And I almost, I think I was punishing myself as well on some level that I just didn't deserve to go and look after myself, that I just, I had failed. You know, here I was in my mid forties with two children, pretty much bankrupt with a few quid in the bank, not knowing what I was going to do, like, you know, out of the workplace for so long. And I just remember just, I almost just wanted to beat myself up and, so, yeah, I wasn't ready to give myself any self-kindness that day. <laughs> but why the toilet? I don't Because it's small. It was small and it didn't have a window. It was quite dark. Private. Maybe it felt, yeah, and sort of in a, I don't know. And it just, yeah. And I just remember locking the door and sitting on the floor. Oh, it's always the floor, isn't it? <laughs> it's always I wondered if you were on the toilet seat or the floor. <laughs> 
I think that's so funny that you chose a really small place to be and I'm like spread eagled on the kitchen floor, like the main room, in the entertaining room in my house, like taking up loads of space with my crying. I just, I always think, I think people don't obviously talk about those really awful moments very often, but I think so interesting that there's so many different, we're all sort of experiencing the same emotion, but we all experience it in very different ways. ways and different attitudes and and different locations mm. also um, it did have loo roll in there and obviously I'm I'm just I was sure. never one of those people that ever had boxes of tissues around so I practicality think I, yeah, I think I just kind of slumped to the floor and went I think I'm just going to stay here till it's all over well I have a slate floor in my kitchen so I can cry a pool of tears but then it just evaporates so you don't have to clean it or anything so it's actually quite useful um so that sounds like obviously a really difficult moment that you had and and probably one maybe one of your harder times do you remember a time post-divorce or during the divorce process where you thought this is going to be all right we're going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. Yeah. After several months of telling myself it was going to be all right and doing those affirmations every morning, it's all going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. You know, the sun's coming out. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that, which is actually, I mean, you'll probably agree is gratitude is just a phenomenal tool to help you change those neural pathways from doom and gloom and negative sort of a sort of a sort of narrative into something a bit more positive um you know I think I think sometimes people go when my divorce is over everything's going to be fine and actually as we all know from this year life just throws up stuff doesn't it it never really stops and and I think that's why it's so important to have tools to help you and support you through um life in general and it's like I always remember hearing somebody saying, you know, we do when we go to college, my life will be better. And then we go to college and then we go, oh, I'm going to go to get my first job because life's going to be better when I'm earning money. And then and it's always something in the future. And it's actually it should be just every day. And this is where my kind of mindfulness thing comes in. But it's actually just living each day and celebrating each day um, for whatever it is and and always choosing, I think, to learn from it. Um you know, what can you learn from life and just love what you have. Just, just love, love and kindness. And so do you think you had a moment where you were suddenly in the present in that I'm going to be okay time? Um, I think it was probably shortly after that time where I felt like I just had that complete meltdown and I just thought, I think uh, I remember walking through some woods. I love walking in woods and I love walking in trees. And I am that person will throw my arms around a tree as well and like (laughs) have a good blub and somebody will walk past me and I'm like, I don't care. I'm just going to hug that tree. Um, And I do remember just thinking, yeah, I do remember actually. And I was in the woods and I did have my arms around and I just thought I'm just going to, I'm just going to, be okay I'm gonna be okay and I'm alive and I can look after myself and I think it's actually trusting in yourself that you can look after yourself and that you've got your own back and you don't have to expect anybody else to do it um other than that I think it was kind of just us all getting on um and my ex and I just you know taking each pick up and drop off from wherever we were and just being nice to each other and just going actually we can just I actually remember once we were um things were getting really really rocky financially and we were really thinking what we're going to do and I remember we just looked at each other one day and we just both burst out crying and gave each other a hug and just and we both said to each other we're going to support each other through this we're going to help each other get through this that's so nice Mm. Yeah, I mean, that obviously doesn't happen every time, but no. when, it, when it needed to, it, it, was, it was there. And um, I think we all need to remember that we're all humans and we're all, you know, dealing with our stuff. Definitely. And are there any, is there any great advice that you've heard or great 
words of wisdom from your podcast, The Divorced Goddess, that you can share with us? Um, uh, I think... I think one of the big things that everybody needs to remember that's going through a divorce is that you are enough. You are enough as you are. That is the big thing. And I I kind of, one of my big things is like your divorce is not about your ex. It's about you. And it's about how you get through it and how you live through it and, um, and what you decide to take or not take with you and, you know, your future and whether you want that emotional baggage or not. And there's always going to be, of course, there's going to be scars, but it's what you choose to do that you kind of remind yourself of how strong you are through your scars, or you can, you know, choose to just kind of like look at them and go, oh, what are they doing on my body? And actually, I think for all of us, we don't get to the age where we all are. I know you're much younger than me without, without some scars along the way as well. Love your scars. Yeah. I like that. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. Where can people follow you and find your podcast and blog? Well, funny old thing. <laughs> if you type in Divorce Goddess, you're going to find it pretty much in Google somewhere. Um, so, yeah, there's that Divorce Goddess on Instagram. Uh, website is divorcegoddess.com and podcast is Divorce Goddess Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. It's been lovely talking to you. You thank too. You. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.